Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase, Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at yegfitness. So, welcome to episode 138 of Lifestyle Chase. I'm joined by the one and only Ethan Wood. How are you doing? Good. Pretty good. It's good. Yeah, man. What's something cool that's happened to you today? Happened to me today? Uh, I don't know that anything cool happened yet today. Although, my three-year-old is a huge daddy fan, so she almost got to come to work with me today. She begs to come to work and hang out. And if it was anything other than today, yeah, we can come hang out. But, yeah, no, it's been, I got to spend the morning with my girls, which usually doesn't get to happen. I'm usually in here bright and early, but... Because I was doing this, I was like, you know what, I'm going to kill the morning with them and just hang out with your dad and be a good partner. And now we're doing this. Sweet. This is, this is a highlight of my day. I've been, I've, since you asked, I was like, yes. And then I was like, wait, he asked. Okay, nerves. Nerves are good. Nerves are good. <laughs> Y'all, it's, it's all about timing. So I'll give the audience some context as to my why for reaching out to mm-hmm. you. So... Recently, it's been very hot. There's been a lot of stuff going on in the world, um, but particularly in the Edmonton region. Um, so we're less fortunate. We're kind of cut off of their water supply, and you hustled to get bottled water. And like, I've had to hustle for things before, and I understand how logistics can play a big role and how like rallying the troops can be really challenging. Um, what was the grand total of water bottles that you managed to get donated? Uh, on the week. It was nineteen thousand water bottles. It's a lot of water bottles. Like how yeah. many how many vehicle loads was that? So when this initially happened, uh, my buddy Nathan put it out that they were in a crisis. Didn't explain why. Just said crisis. I jumped on it and just tried to help. Uh, the first trip we made on Tuesday, there were my my roommate's truck and trailer, an SUV, another truck that were all filled to their max, and then. They were still in crisis. I knew it wasn't going to be enough, and other business had already contacted me, apologizing for being late. I had more money, and I was like, I guess I'm doing this again. So then I obviously put an even bigger one together on the Friday, and there were five trucks, two SUVs, a van, and a cube van, and we only didn't use one of those vehicles by the end of it. That's awesome. So give my audience a bit of a background to you. So just like. If you were, I always use the analogy if you're at a party, I'm going to say if you were at a family reunion and you're just trying to like catch people up on what you've been up Mm. up to the last like 10 years or so. 10 years. That's a long time. 10 years puts me at 20 years old. Oh, I don't want to think about that. Uh, Honestly, my background comes from being an athlete. I've been an athlete my entire life. Um, Had the opportunity when I was playing football to start coaching kids, youth kind of what I wanted to do as I've uh, made my way through life and, and realized that I wanted to be there for people like nobody was there for me. Um, spent a lot of time in the gym because I was still an athlete and then all of a sudden these kids wanted to train and it kind of fell on me that I was like, I'm going to be a trainer, I think. I think that's what I'm going to do with my life. I went to school, met my partner, 
Um, spent a couple of years working at uh, box gyms here and there, didn't really care for it. And then I just said, you know what, I'm gonna do some of my own. Started my own company, love every second of it. And, and uh, then I started to realize that I needed to fix some stuff about myself. I was very angry, still very angry. I just can control it better. Wouldn't know it unless you did to talk to me in person or watch one of my videos. I get angry at those a lot too. Um, it, uh, I started writing. When I got a therapist, I thought, somebody needs to hear this part of my story. And so I wrote it, and just before I could talk myself out of it, posted it to Facebook, and that was two years ago. And after that first time, I just kept feeling like I had to write. I just had to get it out. Somebody was listening. I didn't know who, but somebody. And then it got traction, and more people started to message me and to comment and to like and to share, and, and my story got out further, and people were actually listening, and it turned into now I get to be this mental health advocate and change the world, and it's coming at me left, right, and center, and I can barely keep up, it seems, but it's been a, an interesting blessing to be where I am now, based off of you knew me six months ago, if you knew me a year ago, you would know you would be able to tell who I am now. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been so insane, man. It's even COVID. COVID sucked, and it's sucked for everybody. It sucked when my business was shut down, and I couldn't train people to do what I love. But then the mental health advocacy took off. I had four interviews in the first three weeks of COVID because people wanted my story to get out further and wanted to hear what I have to say. And it turned into writing pieces. It eventually turned into what I'm doing now. I now have this office that we're in to, to actually dedicate time to work into dedicate time into speaking on this and then really actually going after change uh, in Edmonton and Alberta, Canada. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change this world if I could do it by myself. I tell myself that every single day. And now, here I am. Fired up and ready to go, but that's awesome. Yeah, man. So, you talked to me, you took it back in the time machine to 20 years old. <laughs> let's, let's dive into that a bit. What was a 20 year old self like for you? Uh, how are we with swearing on the show? It's been happening before. All right. Past, so I think I was gonna ask because you never you know you can change your rules. Uh, I was an asshole, a real big one. I, I uh, my story starts at five years old when I started being abused by a parent. It lasted for over a decade. Uh, it fucked me up pretty good. And yeah, at twenty years old, I was barely living. I wanted to hurt everybody for the hurt that I was feeling. I wanted people to suffer, but I wanted people to suffer that wanted that deserved to suffer. I wanted to be judge, jury, executioner. I was tired of hurting, but I knew other people were hurting, so how could I use my hurt to benefit other people while I hurt the people that were hurting them? At 20 years old, I was partying every day, uh, addicted to many forms of drugs and coping mechanisms, and, and just not a nice person. I just wasn't. Like, I, I know I wasn't, and I know I was hurting, and I was broken, but man, was I just a dick. <laughs> I just was. I think a lot of people go through different like evolutions of themselves. Like you even talked about like how if you go back six months, you'd be a very different person. Mm -hmm. If we went back six months, I'd be a very different person. Mm -hmm. Just like even if we just section it in how we train people, like what we put into a program, the questions we ask our clients, like mm -hmm. life shapes us. Oh, absolutely. Um, what happened to you in those early twenties that uh, changed the wheel, changed things? Uh, it really didn't change until I was 25, 24, 25. I was when I went to school. I went to school for personal training. I went to Elevated Learning Academy. Shout out to them. They set me on this path, so I just showed them whatever chance I get. Um, met my partner, Avery, and, and really, she kind of 
is the catalyst to a lot of this. And then not that I leaned, I saw her, like, she's going to help me heal. It wasn't like that, but she took the time to see the person that I could be. And not very many people did. I never really gave anybody the chance to do it. And I think that when I found what I love in personal training, I happened to find a person that loved me for me and then cared about me for me in the state that I was in. And she pushed me eventually later on in our relationship uh, to seek therapy and, and our church was able to help me get there and I've been with the same guy for two years. So really the, the switch was going to school. It wound up being the, the day I decided to go to school and then take, take control of some part of my life at least and five years later here I am. Well, I think a big part of that is just being in the right environment, um, being surrounded by people who just let you be you. Oh, there's a few people that didn't. I really wanted to throw a couple of people in that class. Anybody that sees this that knows me, that knows the class, knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I made it known a few times that I didn't like a couple of people in there for being judgy dinks, but... But, I mean, in, in terms of your, your partnership, like, with yeah, Avery... Yeah, like, it's, it's been crazy. The environment, yeah, I guess, and it was an environment that I didn't, I'd never been in before. Like, I come from the, the thug life, the, the, the party, the being a little hired hand, being a little gangster... I come from that life. That's where I spent my entire youth, where I spent my most of my adult lives up until that point. So it was weird. It was weird and uncomfortable. And I didn't really understand until the last two years, like being uncomfortable was a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing, especially in our line of work. Um, but the actual ability to be seen as somebody that had goals and aspirations was, was new to me and was weird. And, just, it took a long time to adjust to, because I just, I expect the worst out of everybody. And Avery used to bug me that I'm just such a pessimist, and I said, no, I'm just a realist. I've lived it. I know what people are like. So I made my judgments off of 24 years of experience, and, and even those, like, lots of those are wrong. I've come to realize how wrong I, I was. Yeah. I still get it right from time to time, but I, you know, generally, the world wants to do good. People just are too afraid to jump into that uncomfortable area. Now I live there. I've definitely reflected on a lot of NF songs, and I know that people mm-hmm. like him. Um, his song, The Search, he says something along the lines of, uh, like, basically, if you think you're going to fail, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. If, it's not, if you think it's not going to work, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, and that's a pretty big thing that a lot of people have to accept. Like, people who could be 20 years in their career, they could be 70 years old, mm-hmm. um, just headspace attitude makes such a huge difference and i mean this podcast of all podcasts i've always been pretty enthusiastic to get people on that are talking about seeing therapists and stuff Mm -hmm. um let's kind of open that up for people who might be thinking of seeing someone what was your very first session like your very first session like i imagine there must have been some pushback or something oh absolutely i i fought this guy for the first three months um I I don't like talking to people. I, I, I deal with, I still, I'm better now, but I was dealing with this, this what it meant to be a man, this, this you don't talk, you don't share your feelings, that's not what men do. I, I grew up like that, I lived it, I still struggle with it, but but then for me the added, added problem was talking to a man, Lenny, the one that's supposed to be my father, if you hear the word Lenny, your name Lenny, that's who I'm talking about, he abused me for a decade. I hate men, I hate people especially males older than me. I don't want to tell you anything. I do not have good experiences. So I fought Jay, my therapist, for three months. So there was times when I'd kill a session and just sit there for an hour and not say a word to him. There was times when he would ask me questions and I'd just tell him to fuck off. 
don't want to talk to you. And he just like would not quit. He just kept scheduling the next one and kept scheduling the next one and kept scheduling the next one. And then finally at some point, I don't know what changed in me, but I went in and just, and I felt the need to share something. And that was, yeah, that was the beginning of the end for that. Once I shared the one thing, it came like a floodgate. Like all I needed to do was trust that he wasn't going to hurt me. Yeah. He wasn't there to harm me. He wasn't going to use it against me. He wasn't going to prove to me that humans just suck in every way, shape, or form. And, and it took him a long time to break that down. And what he did, like I, I still see Jay every other week right now. I will probably continue to see him for as long as I can think about it, honestly. I do not, do not see me not seeing Jay because he adds to my ability to have a safe place to let stuff go. Yeah. And it comes like when I'm like I'm I'm a mental health advocate for those of you that don't know who I am. I not only have my own life to deal with, I have to deal with other people's lives. I have to deal with the shit that I hear. I have to deal with hearing that somebody else was abused for as long as I was. I have to deal with a lot of stuff every day because people trust me because they see me doing it. I have to be very careful not to let that creep in too deep. So I have to be able to see somebody else where I can just offload what I've heard. And then at the end of the day, it makes me a better advocate because I can now offer a new resource or something that I learned from Jay. Or he sends me videos all the time on new ways to think about stuff. Like he feeds what I'm doing on the outside because he has got red tape all over the place with being a therapist. You can't do, you can't do, you can't do. I can. But I will never not see Jay because of the work that I do now. And it's and I think it's important for everybody to find something like that. I truly like I will say it on blue in the face whether it's one-on-one or group session, anything where you can feel a safe space to just exist and be you and get shit off your chest, you need to find it. I'll help. You can comment, I'll help. But you, you need to, everybody needs to have some safe space to go that isn't related to them. Yeah, well I mean, it's also a testament to the skills of that therapist mm-hmm. that's helped you because like, there's a lot of trainers who will go through a number of different therapists to find like a good match. And there's just people in general who think that they might need somebody to help. They find their first person, it doesn't work, and then they have to go through a few mm-hmm. others. Because I've had probably at least a dozen conversations with different people in and out of the fitness industry where they have sought out help. Whether it has been an outlet, mm-hmm. a good support group, a therapist, yeah. anything like that. And it, it's a journey. Um, you talked about how he kind of leaned into you Mm -hmm. and you were kind of uncomfortable through that process. Does that have anything to do with you thriving and feeling uncomfortable for, for what it's done for you or just tell me more about uh, that topic? Uh, I think that him leaning into me was the catalyst for me trusting that I could do it. Um, when you suffer like as long as I did, it, it becomes hard to just, to take people at their word. You don't believe anybody. People, unfortunately, and it's not it's not their fault, but they have to prove it to you. In some way, shape, or form, when you come from the hurt that I have or anything like it, like you wind up having to have people that are there to work. Like, it, like even I can equate it to Avery. Like she has dedicated tons of time and emotional time and tax into me being where I am now. And I mean, hearing about the atrocities that I suffered is hard for people, let alone a therapist, but let alone your partner. Like, it was letting people see the ugly yeah. that he kind of kicked off. And I learned how to trust Avery 
when I could walk in the door when I didn't think I was going to survive and just like melt in her presence because she gave me a safe space outside of that. Jay did a weird, a different kind of push for me in that, in that he made it okay to be mad. Everybody in my life has always told me that I can't be angry. You shouldn't be angry. Don't be angry. Don't, don't, don't. And Jay never said that. Be mad. Yeah. You have every right to hate, to be angry, feel that. When you don't, when you shut those things down, they never go away. They just sit silently and wait for the next time you snap. Or the next time you get to that point, and then it's worse. And Jay gave me this ability to understand that I'm allowed to be mad. And in the early goings, it was just that, just be mad. I spent my session just being mad. And now it's, I know when I'm mad, and then I break down why. Why am I so pissed off? What set me off? Is it my past or is it the situation? And if it's the situation, how do I convey it calmly? Or how do I work to change the situation so it doesn't happen again? And so Jay broke that down for me, broke that barrier of being afraid to be angry. And now I've just repurposed it. I can be angry all the time. I speak out on ugly shit every day. I'm angry when I'm talking. Can't tell unless you hear me start cussing like, like a lot. Then it maybe tell that. But it's it was this realization that emotions are emotions, and anybody that tells you to not feel an emotion is a dick. It, they no, are. that's true. <laughs> they just are. You gotta you gotta emote. You have to. If you gotta cry, you gotta cry. If you gotta be mad, you gotta be mad. If you gotta feel overwhelmed, you gotta feel overwhelmed. Like these things, you can't bottle them up. No, bottling emotions is a good way to make sure that you are toxic. It's like, it, it's, it's the weirdest thing because you think like happy, it's so easy to exude happiness for people. But even if you contain that happy, it turns toxic. You get afraid to show that you're happy. So when you're happy, you're... Well, that's not what you want to do. You want to cheer, you want to jump up, you want to laugh, you want to laugh till you cry, you want to giggle, but somebody killed it in you. So now you hold that in and you don't even, you start to lose the understanding of what happy is. Anger, you shut it down. Everybody knows this one. What happens when you shut anger down without experiencing it? Eventually, someone's like, you look good today. <clears throat> Just like, I didn't look good yesterday. Didn't look last week. You saw me yesterday. No, it's like, it's, it's, it's becomes toxic to the human form for all you, all whatever you want, to hold in emotions and not express them, no matter what the emotion is. We are emotional creatures. Learning how to actually emote is a big deal and it's actually quite challenging if you wait till you're 30. I know. And then it comes back down to environment. It's like you have to be in an environment that facilitates you to mm -hmm. feel comfortable with being happy, comfortable with being angry, comfortable with being all these things. Like, absolutely. The people in your circle make a huge difference. Oh, yeah. My circle has changed repeatedly. It's still, it's always evolving. I have lots of circles. Like, I, I do. In this, in this space here, I have a, a really tight knit circle. My business partner, I, I bounce ideas off him all the time. He helps me make better quality videos. It, it, he sees a, almost everything that I do. That's my that's my mental health advocacy circle for putting out content, but my mental health advocacy circle for giving you resources is different. I bounce other videos off of three separate people other than Jesse. Then I have another circle over here for fitness. Then I have another circle over here, and then I have a bigger circle of people that get, I know will see it. And then and then and then and then like circles are always evolving. But if you get a small toxic circle in there, it spreads like a virus. Eventually you lose all those circles. And then you gotta go build them again. And it's not as much fun as it sounds. 
Well, that that'll happen in life. It's mm-hmm. not like things are just perfect and fluid. It's Wait, like, make it sound like that. I'm not. I'm not. Don't. Yeah. It. It's not. It's ugly. It's messy. You're gonna piss people off. You're gonna make some others happy. It, it it is. There's no way to get through this life unscathed. There isn't. But who you choose to put in your circles is paramount to the circles themselves. If I was still hanging out with the people that I was all partying all the time and hanging out, I wouldn't. What voice would I have now? I wouldn't have one because you'd see pictures of me partying, videos of me drinking, videos of this, probably a video of me fighting. Does that kind of give me the clout to say what I'm saying and have you actually think that I'm right? Or listen and take it at, at, at what I'm saying? No. I'm just a party animal on the dink. So my circle has to change to where I want to go. It's true. It's true. And then there's going to be people who are able to grow with you. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be people who give you like flashball moments. So things that kind of stick with you for life. And it can be good. It can be bad. It can be many, many things. Mm-hmm. But the next topic we're going to segue into is you as a dad. What's that like? <laughs> How did that begin? Uh, well, I don't know if we're going to talk the birds and the bees, but we had, <laughs> uh, we had Mara. Um, she's three years old now. Just honestly, I, I just, I can't. There's not enough words. If, if you're a parent or a fairly new parent and you know what I'm talking about, you try to think about the words to say, like, like you love them. Everybody loves their kids. Well, not everybody. Let me rephrase that. Most people love their kids. But she just does stuff. Like even when I want to be mad. It's hard to be mad when she did. She, she hurt her sister today, uh, and I like was just like, I don't, I can't talk down to her. I have to bring her on my lap so she can look me in the eyes when I'm intimidating her, and I'm gonna like lower my voice. And I can tell she's struggling. She feels bad because she knows she's in trouble, but she feels bad because she hurt somebody. And it's just this like weird give take balance. Like my heart bursts, and then it shrinks and bursts and shrinks. And then okay, and then after she's done being scolded, she can okay, hug me and just falls into me like. Yeah, it's daddy's girl. Like, it's just, it's just there's no words to describe uh, being a dad. And Roxy's uh, nine. She is just always going. She's very, uh, she's gotten into video games a lot more now, which is kind of neat. But they're all on the phone, and I'm like a, I'm like a console gamer. So I'm like trying to bridge that gap, but she comes down when she gets stuck on a level, she'll hand me the phone and I'll beat it. Thank you. <laughs> she takes <laughs> off, but she knows that I will, I'll beat the levels for her if she needs, if she gets stuck too long. But it's just, it's really... Yeah, like I'm, I tell myself I'm going to change this world. I want it to be a better place when I leave it. I want it to be a better place for them. I want them to know that they can do anything. I want them to see that this world is not such a scary and ugly place by the time I'm done on it. So I, when, I, when I say I'm going to change this world, I think about them every time I say that. Well, I think that's something that a lot of people are going to resonate with. Like, when they are putting all that energy into providing a legacy mm-hmm. through their children or through anybody that they are a role model to. Um, that's a lot of energy. Like mm-hmm. that takes a lot of sacrifice. That takes a lot of like vulnerability. It's not always easy. You don't always get it right. Um, yeah. what was your first day of being a dad? Like, like were you freaking scared? Oh <laughs> yeah. Overwhelming. Um, yeah. Day of, I distinctly remember is, Two thirty in the morning, two in the morning. Avery uh, called me and said, "I, I think it's." I didn't even let her finish. I was dressing out the door. Flew over, picked her up, flew to the hospital, made it, 
the round trip's supposed to be like 45 minutes. It was like 29 minutes. They say don't speed in the classes. I don't know a single dad that didn't speed. I just don't. They lie. Everybody speeds. Don't do it, but everybody does. Anyways, and it was, the whole process was insane. And then we got her home and it was great, but it was like, oh, we're home. You're permanently here. Huh. I don't know what to do with these emotions anymore. And then she would cry, like a baby cries. And I was like, yeah, I can, I can deal with this. And this is, she wouldn't stop crying. She, she got fed, she was changed, she wouldn't stop crying. I was like, what is happening? Did I break you, my good dad? And I just remember when Avery comes around the corner, just like, are you okay? I'm, like, I'm good, we're good, we're both great, we're fine. <laughs> we're both crying. <laughs> so you can't get her to stop crying? I'm like, no, what am I doing wrong? And yeah, Avery takes her from me and she doesn't stop crying, but Avery just sits there and so we sit on the couch together and she eventually stops crying and I finally stop crying and Avery just like, yep, yep, prepare for more of those because it's going to keep happening. <laughs> and I just like, that will always stick with me. I just remember being like, I can't make my own kids stop crying. I'm a terrible parent. I've only been at this for 24 hours. And yeah, and after that, it's, yeah, it's been on the up and up ever since. She just, she floors me every day. She talks, when she talks, she talks like, She's like 10 years old already. I'm like, stop growing up. Stop growing up. But that's it's yeah, it's insane. So at that point in your life, like what was your career like? Like what were you doing? What was your day to day? Uh three years ago. I would have been working at a private gym at that point. Um and the only reason I remember that is because I remember being like, hey, like we are any day now. Like if I go on anything for a couple weeks and uh, my day-to-day -day was just was hectic just trying to continue to work trying to I took yeah I think it took a full full two weeks off and then it was back uh, back to working and just trying to keep getting clients and at that point like I had started my own business yet and it was yeah it was just a bit of a struggle I just wound up shifting to another gym just that it was just closer easier to commute to and uh, started to build my clientele a little bit easier there and that's actually where I met Jesse uh, I worked for him, and yeah, it was, it was, interestingly exhausting, from 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 my point of view. Because obviously, Avery's at home all day, nonstop, no breaks. And I went from being there to being at work to going back, and and just it was just lots of back and forth, and it was it was just really I just remember chaos. It was just a lot of chaos. Yes, yeah, but you made it. What's arriving? It's not over yet. She's well, like, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but, it, but it was. It was just like, it's cool down now. It's nice because she's independent now. She, you know, we don't have Well, like, except for then she dropped nail polish on the carpet upstairs. That was a big thing. I was like, okay, maybe we shouldn't let you. Let's, let's hide some stuff now that we know. And she's a climber. She's like me. Or like I was. She climbs on everything. Like, she's six months old. She climbed to this bookshelf. Like, I went to the kitchen. She was trying to figure out how to stand up, and I looked away, looked back, she was already two rounds up. Like, um, as a dad, I'm super stoked and pleased. As a, a partner, I'm going to get you down before Avery comes around the corner. <laughs> and, and that was kind of like, okay, this is what this is going to be like, and it is. She's, she's a climber, she's a tank, she's, she fell off the bed once, didn't even shed a tear, just like, got up and was like, nobody saw that, and <laughs> got back on the bed, and was like, wow. Yeah, it's, it's just nuts. It really is nuts. 
Well, I think a lot of people almost need to hear that because nothing, no shifts in life really happen when we plan for them. It's no. not like, oh, my five-year plan just went exactly <laughs> like my five-year plan went to be. Like, it's like we got slammed with the pandemic where nobody signed up for it. Like, nobody mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I'd like the gyms to all be closed for three months. Well, nobody was like, oh, I'd like to be isolated for three months. Like, <laughs> it just happened. Yeah. But we push forward. We prevail. Mm-hmm. It all works out. Take, keep taking baby steps. They don't have to be giant leaps. But the, the, the hardest thing is that I've found for people, at least as, as life is, is now, is they, just, they get out of a routine. And it's hard to have a routine when you don't know what tomorrow looks like. And we could be back to phase one in the morning. Like that in itself means you can't plan for a routine. And when you're routine-based and you want to you know, set stuff in stone, it's really it's hard on the psyche. It's hard on, on the energy levels because you can't. And it's frustrating for a lot of people, and I, and I fully get that, but it's baby steps. You don't have to kill it every day. If you get by on a day, if you get by on two days, if you get by a week, you're okay. Like, this is, there's no normal anymore. People want to go back, and it, it's, it's, it's what's causing so many problems. People think we're going to get back to normal, and we won't. This is, this is new. We're yeah. doing this as a country, as a planet, together. We are moving forward into what this looks like they're calling for another wave two and three whether it'll happen or not who's to say i'm not a scientist and and, and this has nothing to do with my political views or anything like i want to get out of the way i'm just saying what i see happen and waves two and three if that comes you know october like they say and then january how can you plan for a new normal how bad is it going to be is it going to be like this one or is it going to be worse is it going to be easier you have so many questions you can't plan, but if you can always plan to take one baby step forward every day, you're going to be all right. You're going to get through it. Like I promise you, you will get through this if you just take one baby step every day. And just the aspect of self-belief, just like believing in yourself, just like you had uh, like a support system Mm -hmm. in, in Avery, just believing that you had what it took to go to school to be a trainer. Mm -hmm. And like obviously believing that you have what it takes to press forward despite making your your own child cry (laughs) you're gonna be okay like life was gonna go on you could both cry simultaneously (laughs) for hours on end and the sun would rise again Mm -hmm. um you posted a pretty solid post about body image the other day Mm -hmm. and that's something that strikes a chord with a lot of people there's gonna be a lot of trainers that aren't going to admit it, but I think probably a grand majority of our industry probably related to you. Mm-hmm. I know I can speak personally. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, I could do the same damn post. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're all feeling it. So what was it like for you to be vulnerable with that kind of content? That one was hard. I go, like, it's all been hard. I can start it off right. Like, I can do it easily now. Like, lots of stuff I start, it's personal story, but I've got the, the armor on that I know that I can push through, but that one was different. Um, and it was different for a lot of reasons. For me, I've been told many gross things about myself my entire life. I've never been worthy. I've been fat, I've been ugly, gross. Every nickname you could think of a fat kid, for a fat kid, I've been called my entire life. I get into an industry where up here, I'm fucking really good at what I do. But I don't project like your basic trainer, unless you see me left. And anybody that sees me lives like, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. But when you see me and you judge me based off of the way that I look, I see it. I don't see people look at me when I'm at work in the gym. I've had trainers that I've looked up to call me out on being fat. 
I, I, this, this industry that we're in is incredibly toxic the way it is. And so for me, when I said like this was hard, it took me six months to post that. Like it has taken me a long time because I knew somewhere people were gonna be talking shit. But it dawned on me like, I don't give a shit if people talk shit about me or not. I've shared the fact that I was molested 3,000 times or more by a parent. Talk all the shit you want about that. So why is this any different? And so I just, I clicked send <laughs> and then hid in a hole for about an hour. But what happened was actually quite fascinating to me. I had people that are physique competitors that I didn't know. Like they were friends. We see each other in the gym all the time. But I got a long message from uh, an acquaintance that was like, this dude competes figure. He's a, he is Jack, and he like, was like if I could cry, I would cry. Like that hit me in the chest. I was like, you, you, you're six foot four, two twenty, and four percent body fat. What are you talking about, you? I didn't say that, but I had to process it. And then he sent me another message explaining why and how he felt and what drove him to be a fitness competitor or physique competitor. And then just like people are hurting over something as fucking arduous as the size of their stomach. Or the size of their pecs. And I feel just how needed it was after I had enough courage in my index finger to hit send. Because it is one of my most viewed posts as it stands. And people just ate it up because in some way, shape, or form, it registered with people. Yeah. Well, I'm a firm believer that a lot of people are broken. And so, mm-hmm. like, it's not bad to be broken. No. I think... A lot of us have battle scars and it's in different facets of our life and it shapes a lot of our decisions and it influences our reluctancy to do certain things like you talk about reluctancy to trust an older male Mm -hmm. Um, and just how it kind of shapes how tough it is for you to lean into some things but not into others Mm -hmm. tough for you to talk and be vulnerable not tough to fight you know yeah and everybody's gonna have their different thing and when we're just able to just talk about it, then it allows us to open up and be like a support group, mm-hmm. like uh, an interconnected, like true social network. Oh, it not, is. It's not just like a uh, social network. Crazy man, you nailed it. If you go and look at my videos, read a lot of the stuff I write, like at some point I make reference to community. I make reference to support. Like, we are not designed to go through this life alone. Be single. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what Chris just said. Community is how you get through. Being able to lean on people. Being able to feel like somebody has your back at all times. And that could be a different person every day. But community is how we get through this life. And, and I'm living testament to it, even as I speak. If you watch people engage on videos, more is a new person talking in my comment section every day. They see the value in like oh, all those people are looking. Well, I only have like one out of twelve of those problems, but if I have one, maybe somebody else can help me get through it. Like that's the idea. I share my story so that somebody can hear it that needs to hear it. I may never meet this person. I may never ever know about this person. But one person that sees a video that keeps fighting the next day is one more person added to the community of survivors. That's how we get through this life. We get through with supporting each other. Look at what's happening outside. Go ahead and turn, open, I'll give you a second. Open Facebook. 
you're either going to wear a mask or you're not. Do you. But if you go into the comment section, there's how many people calling each other names over a fucking mask. How does that, it makes you feel gross. It weighs you down to see all that confusion and hatred. Think about the last time somebody patted you on the back. That's, that's it. That is the example right there of what it means to be in supported by a community. That's it. That is the difference. That was awesome. That was a good uh, sidebar that you kind of went on. <laughs> I do that from time to time. He's right. got this. He's got this. <laughs> Something that really gets me thinking is we've talked about like working hard in the gym. You talked about like, oh yeah, like if you if you see me lift, then you would know. And I think that's that's something that I've defaulted to sometimes. Like I've heard people be like, oh man, you don't look like you lift. I'm like, you kidding me? Like I I do. I do. I do. <laughs> I do. It's I just quite enjoys it. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where we can be our own biggest limiting factor. And it's a tough pill to swallow mm -hmm. because it's like, well, I tried so hard and I didn't get this because of like this person. Or I didn't get this because of like this limited opportunity or whatever. And it's just like, I'm speaking from my own experiences when I've stood in my own way. So I don't know if you'll be able to relate, but I'll kind of keep going with it. It's just mm -hmm. the fact that like what we say to ourselves in our head, um, who we give time to, like we have the choice to be like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to look at Facebook in the morning or mm -hmm. I'm not going to talk to this person mm -hmm. or I'm not going to like so many little micro things that we can do. Some things are not in our control and we have to sit in the shit. Yeah. Sometimes we have to like live in a certain apartment with a certain neighbor or we have to walk a certain way to, to work or maybe we have to work out next to somebody that's just grumpy mm -hmm. because that's just where we have to work out and we learn from that. But then we learn from that and we make our next choice based on that thing. Like people are capable of great things if they see great things within themselves. Mm -hmm. So what are your goals for the next, like, let's say year? And I'm going to take out the category of like public speaking. <laughs> we know that you're going to You speaking. just did. You did, didn't you? <laughs> I was like, I got this. He's like, no, I'm going <laughs> to. No, you don't. What else? Like, what is it that is maybe at a deeper level of who you are? What is it that's even more challenging? Because like speaking to a camera, that's in your wheelhouse now. That is a, a skill oh, that you have. not to the camera anymore. Well, it's speaking in front of people, speaking to the camera. That's that's a skill. You got it. You own it. It's <laughs> yours. So what is something that you're going to get introspective and, and challenge yourself to be better at? Slow down. <laughs> Slow down. Honestly, so uh, I went uh, this past weekend to, it's my second year doing it. It's called the Global Leadership Summit. It's uh, just a faith-based faith leadership summit. It's two days, great speakers from all over the world. And uh, one of the two of the speakers that I that I greatly respect were both basically addressed this slowing down. When you're new to stuff, like advocacy for me, I'm only two years in, and this is just it's it's been a hundred miles an hour for six months straight. I don't know which way is up. I'm getting offers and offers and talking and interviews and IG this and IG that and Facebook and here and it's just I'm I'm meeting I'm I'm meeting politicians right now, <laughs> multiple politicians. Me, because I, like, I can talk on this. Like, my story means politicians want to talk. Like, that's it. What? So, for me, the biggest, I don't want to say this. 
Then I don't want to say this. I'm going to kill a little bit of camera time here and think about how I just want to deliver this. I think for me, it's been so overwhelming while knowing there's so much work to do that makes me say yes to everything that comes my way. Yes, oh, absolutely, I will, I can, I will, I will, I will, I will. But then I leave my family behind. I leave my friends behind. I leave, I neglect things. I forget to do stuff. I, I don't give myself and my family and my friends enough even time. Like I have to slow down. I have to learn when to say yes. I have to learn when to say no. I'm good at yes. I'm real good at that. And I learn when to say no. So for me, this next year especially is, is about finding actual balance and slowing down. Spacing stuff out. Giving myself time to breathe. Being able to spend a morning with my, with my family. I haven't been able to do that since COVID started. And, and, and just being able to really focus on longevity and what I'm doing. Because changing, like, fucking this world up didn't, was an overnight thing. So why am I trying to change it overnight? And that's, that has stuck with me and, and been kind of what I see happening for me in the next uh, while here is, yeah, I'm going to speak and yeah, I'm going to do this and yeah, I'm going to try to get things changed in the system of mental health in Alberta and, and that will come with time, but I also need to make sure my cup stays full. If I empty my cup doing all this stuff, I've got no one else to pour into, no ability to pour anything from an empty cup, so I have to be able to keep my cup full, and I, I'm, I can speak it, I speak on that a lot, but doing it is a hell of a challenge, as it were, because when I'm not doing stuff, I feel like I'm letting people down. I don't really owe anything to anybody except for my family, and all they want is my time. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change the world. Yeah, I've said it. I'm gonna keep saying it. But I don't owe the world anything. I'm choosing to do it, and I'm gonna. Just want my family there with me. I think that's a critical like takeaway for people is like our our bandwidth, our energy. Like we only have so much. Mm -hmm. It's like in your workout, you can't just do everything in the damn gym. You have to pick the things that are going to move you forward. And what's going to move you forward is based on what what is in your wheelhouse, what can you do competently that takes little time, and what do you need to work on that might take more time, and how are you going to allot more time to that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Like if somebody's really good at, like, arm farm, but they're, <laughs> they're not so good at, like, I don't know, a rear foot elevated split squat, well... They're going to need to a lot more time to rear foot elevated split squat. They might need to cut their arm farm to like 10 minutes. <laughs> a little bit. No more than 10. No more. Slow get down. your pump, you move on. Yeah. But like, it's critical because pursuit of money, like saying yes to a lot of things could make a lot of money, mm -hmm. but that's not going to solve the problem. That's not going to solve being able to emote emotions. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose your time with people that you get to be mad and happy and sad with. Like that's that's just kind of how it goes like for myself i need to prioritize time to like talk to family mm -hmm. and time to just shoot the shit with friends like talk about not fitness stuff yeah like sometimes all life is is fitness have mm -hmm. you ever found that in, in your career so oh, far yeah. all like often 
Yeah. Like, and it's a little bit easier when I work for myself, but especially when I was working for other people. Yeah. Like, I won't name the gym, but it was, I was there at 5 a.m. until 9.30 at night. Did not even being paid for the time I was there, but I had to be there. What? It's tough. It's Why? it's not sustainable. That's it's right. Not. It's ex- like it's exhausting just from the time consuming, let alone the brain power and strength you need to actually stay up. Yeah. Because you are your own brand. You are what makes you money. And if you are like, yeah, do the push up. Just do one. Well, I mean, give me two. That's <laughs> that's when like self awareness and introspection takes such a take such a leading role like when you have to realize what you need to have your bucket full like at some point you realize like you need to allot like a certain day for family time Mm -hmm. like we kind of like briefly discussed that as we were scheduling this podcast Mm -hmm. you know that's family day oh yep yep, that's his family day yeah (laughs) yeah and it's just that's what you have to do you have to draw the line in the sand you have to uh stand by what your values are and if your values are that you need to you need to have time with your therapist you need to have time with your family you need to be speaking to things that you're passionate about Mm -hmm. well they're they're needing to take place in your life in some way shape or form oh yeah like the office we're sitting in this was a no-brainer for me when it was offered to me because i realized i need a place to just leave this yeah i have my social media on my phone but i don't have to post i shoot all my videos here now I put them up here now and I try to make sure I put my phone down when I'm not there. I leave my computer here now so I don't have the ability to work because when I get stressed out, when I get nervous or anxious, I know I can work. I can work to kind of feel like I'm being productive, but it's not healthy because what I actually need to do is like put it down and stop doing what I'm doing so that I can just be. And so yeah, that's obvious. Like this is this is where I do my work now, and and working on growing as a person that can actually put his work down, so that I can keep putting out work for the rest of you. And just like we have to keep working on our training, we still have to work on those like those soft skills or or whatever mm-hmm. you want to describe them. It's just being a family member. You don't just be a family member once and then you're good. Mm-hmm. You have to like wrap it out. You have to put in the time. You have to pay to play to be a family member, to be a friend, to be a leader, a speaker, anything like that. And no matter how much experience you have, you will fall down, mm-hmm. you will fail, it will suck. You're that's where your community comes in. Yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> have to add like a little, the smile was so pearly and white that we gotta have a little sparkle in there. Just saying, like, he's, he's right. But that's where your community, your support network, that's where those people come in when you fall. When you trip, when you stumble, when you slide your ass all the way back down that hill, that's what they're there for. Like that is when you lean because you need to do it. Now you people lean on you all the time. They lean on your fitness knowledge. They lean on this. They lean on that. Who are you leaning on when that leaning becomes too heavy? It's true. It's true. So if you were to give one piece of advice to someone on how to live their life to the fullest and most true to themselves way, what would that piece of advice be? Give yourself grace. The hardest thing about anybody doing anything really is existing in a world that is doggy dog or wants you to believe it's doggy dog. When you struggle to get out of bed, everyone has done it. I, I, I don't like, there's people that are great getting out of bed, but there's even days when they don't want to do it. 
not letting the outside world dictate your emotions about sitting there in that bed or laying there in that bed is giving yourself grace to exist in the space and the energy that you have. All too often we let these outside forces dictate how we see and view what we are doing or how we view ourselves like we were talking about before. Giving yourself grace to understand that this shit ain't supposed to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. We cannot be perfect. But understand that you are you and you are going to get through this life the way that you see fit, not the way that Dave down the road or Karen does. It's not about that. But we struggle because all we see Oh, yeah, they're mad about that. Okay, don't do that shit. Oh, but if I don't do that, how can I not do that? And you sit and you internalize it, and it becomes a part of a part of you that was never supposed to be there. And grace and understanding of yourself gives you the ability to make mistakes without killing yourself over it, without hurting yourself over it, without hating yourself over it. Grace says, yes, it's okay to be the way that you are right now. So give yourself grace every day. Grace makes it easy to succeed when you feel like you can. I think that's an important takeaway just for people to just take it easy on themselves. And you're going to give my audience a challenge for the day. So the way we're going to do this is you're going to be like your challenge for the day is lay out the challenge for them and that's it. All right. Oh, it's going to be corny. It's so, it's so going to be corny. It's going to be beautiful. My challenge for you today to do one thing for somebody you do not know. You're not allowed to be paid back. You're not allowed to ask for praise. You're not even allowed to receive it. You are going to completely and utterly do something for somebody else that benefits the other person. And that's it. It's a solid challenge. I think a lot of people will see a lot of clarity in giving that a shot. So I'd love to thank you for joining me. Thank you for it's having me. It's been a long time coming and a solid <laughs> conversation.